Hi and hello, watch fans, and welcome to another edition of The Real Time Show with me, your friendly neighborhood watchmaker, Rob Nuds, my friendly co-host all the way from Amsterdam, Alan Ben-Joseph, and our illustrious guest, Romaric Andre of Second Second, who has some very exciting news to share with us due to a release that has dropped very recently indeed. Romaric, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? First of all, uh, thank you for having me, and I'm uh, doing quite well, and uh, it's a pleasure to be to be there with you two guys. You must be one of the busiest men in the watchmaking industry right now, because every couple of weeks I turn around and I see a new collab. Could you tell our listeners, firstly, where you come from, what it is you do, and what you've done so far before we get into the future, which is looking very exciting? To make it short, I'm, um, I graduated the business school like to, almost 20 years ago. And I failed after that. Uh, what I mean by that is that I tried to start a company quite connected with the watch world, but not really a little bit, but not uh, totally. And I, I, I kind of experienced uh, a failure a few years after I started this company and I was uh, a little bit lost and I didn't, I wasn't sure and I didn't know what could I do. And I wanted to stay in this watch world. And the easiest path I found was let's buy some vintage watches and let's have fun with them. And I started that without really uh, having a clear idea where that would lead me. But playing with vintage watches uh, got me some uh, attention and, uh, and, and g- gave me more ideas to, to develop my, let's say, universe. And, uh, and after that, some brands started to come, to come to me and to suggest that we could make collabs. And then my style kind of straightened and, uh, and I was like, let's, let's play not only with vintage watches, but let's play with modern watches too. And here I am. So for our listeners that don't actually know what it is you do and what you bring to these collaborations, could you just explain what the real unique selling point of Second Second is and why you're unlike any other collaborator in the watch industry? At the beginning, it was really a, a personal uh, a personal approach. Uh, playing with... I don't, I don't really like the word playing because I try to to do something uh, with some sort of sense. I try to work uh, thoughtfully. Uh, but let's say I'm playing with vintage watches and at the beginning, because I didn't really uh, feel super confident about my work, I was like, let's just swap the seconds end. So I wanted it, the, the thing to be super small, super discreet. So I took I take one vintage watch and I just swap one second's end. And then the, the, the confidence growing, I was like, okay, instead of having just a little details, little second's end swap, let's have a bigger design on this second's end. And then, okay, let's play with the hard hands as well. And now I'm, I'm, I'm not only playing with watch ends, but I'm also, I'm also playing with dial design, with uh, packagings, obviously. But so my, my action started really like on a super small detail and my action is growing. So I, 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 I can really convince brands now to, to disrupt their dials, to disrupt their case and stuff like that. And I try 
to be a little bit uh, irreverent, irreverent. I, you know, I don't really follow their the brand's DNA. I don't really want to to go their way. I when I brand when a watch brand come to comes to me, I try to to do and to propose them something that they could not do themselves. For our dear listeners that are not that aware with what Mark does and his brand Second slash Second, which is spelled S-E-C-O-N-D-E, which is French for second. And you just explained where the name comes from. The funny thing is, uh, Romaric, you are, in my humble opinion, the most funny gentleman in the whole watch industry. And we could say that the baseline is very low, but in your defense and your compliments, you are literally a, a guy with a great sense of humor. And it's almost ironic humor. And I would dare to call you the Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David of the watchmaking industry. Um, coming from the banking sector, where did you find your mojo to be so artistic and funny? So uh, thank you for these kind of compliments. Uh, I think you are exaggerating, but I I I <laughs> I, I take your compliment. It's a, it's, a, it's really nice from you. You know what? I'm a, I'm a complicated guy because I would say I don't want to be funny. Because I'm scared about funny things. Because sometimes funny things don't last. So I, I'm, I'm always a little bit, uh, how can you say that? But I, I want to make some, I want to create that little smile on your face. And at the same time, I don't want to be only that. But, and, and then you can understand, I, I like your comparison because, uh, I would say it's there is kind of uh, irony in what I'm doing. It's, it's there is some satire. I, I, I would say that I, I try to be satirical more uh, more than funny. But um, where does that come from? I, I don't think you learn how to be ironical, or that that's the way I am, I guess, in my life. Uh, I would then about the artistic and uh, visual universe that I created I didn't I didn't know I had that in me because I have I haven't been uh, practicing that I don't really know how to draw I don't I didn't study design or whatever so that's really something that happened at the beginning of the project is what it was like okay you've got a concept I've got a concept I'm gonna a little bit, I'm going to hijack vintage watches, but then you have to show them to the world. So you have to post. And in what kind of background, in what kind of uh, visual universe are, 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 are am I going to place my watches? And then because I don't really, I'm, I'm not super technical with the uh, drawing softwares and stuff like that, I went super minimal. I, I, sometimes I say I'm a paleo, you know, paleo, paleo design. So I, I'm using papers uh, as background. I'm using uh, uh, stationary products, really simple, really easy to access little products to create some kind of uh, 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 background. And um, and I like that. And uh, I, that's one of the best compliments I receive is when some people from the creative world are telling me, you've got, you've got a universe, you've got a touch, 
And uh, I didn't know I have that. I think it was just by doing things. So I started, I did, and it, it, it kind of, uh, uh, it kind of worked. And I was like, okay, so let's stick to that. And, um, and, uh, yeah, that's a really big part of my pleasure. It's to, to develop and to go further into that universe and to, to try to make it like a little bit like a brand. It's a big word, but you know what I mean? I totally understand what you mean. And the beauty of it is you, 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 you hit the nail on the head. I didn't say that you're funny. It's fun what you do, but it, it indeed it's, it's, satire satire what you do yeah. and 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 that's why i called you the seinfeld of the watchmaking industry and larry david is uh, a square yeah, yeah. too of 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 that satire and yeah. and if you open your website which is second-second.com i mean you immediately punch people in the face there's a picture of you on there doodled stuff on it and it says i vandalize other people's products only because i failed at building mine if that's not humoristic and satiric then i don't know but it's It's beautiful. Now, for our listeners, you started five years ago with Second Second. You've yes. done um, Celsius, which I think was an amazing project. Is that Thank what you. you meant that field? Yes, because it's, you know, I had to make it quick. So I said I failed. But you you know that in every failure, you can find really some uh, success spots. And we had some success spots because I met people that I'm still doing not really business but i'm i met people during this uh this journey that i'm still really connected with and i met uh, an, an incredible industry the all the the suppliers of the watch industry that i met at this moment i'm still in touch with them so and we for example we we have been raising money for this project so we had some little success but at the end of the day The, the the company failed but um yes that's what i that's the 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 story i was uh, mentioning previously yes what i also saw on your website which i love is you state there that second second is an independent brand and is not sponsored by associated with or affiliated with patek philippe rolex omega or any other great and adorable manufacturer in any way <laughs> and then <laughs> And then you write in a bold font, which is a type machine font. We are pretty sure they love our tribute, though. So that says it all. My question to you is, you are a brand. I agree. Did you intend from day one to make your own watches? And if not, five years later, do you want to? I started like I'm going to work on vintage watches forever. I was not super sure that brands would like it on the long run. So that, that's why I'm kind of making, uh, suggesting that uh, they are adorable and uh, blah, blah, blah. But um, that was the plan at the really beginning. After that, the collabs part came, but I did not, I did not see that coming. Now it's like a big part of my work and I'm really having fun and uh, it's, it, it brings me many opportunities to work and to, to disrupt a little bit the, 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 the products of those brands. But I don't think that second, second will make a watch one day. We, I, I, I'm not a watch, second, second is not a watch brand. Now, if you're asking me, Romaric, are you dreaming of one day launching your watch brand? 
I'm gonna, I, I will have to say yes because you know we we are all like that in this industry. At 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 some point, when you when you got the confidence and you think that you have it, I'm not sure I'm having it, but you, you the, the confidence is growing and you're like, oh, I should, I should. So yes, I'm I Rom, uh, myself Romaric is. I really think I'm really thinking one day I'm dreaming about that. I don't know if it will happen, but I'm dreaming about it. But I don't, I do not think that second, second, sh- second, second is the point of second, second is to be an outsider, uh, uh, ironical outsider. I cannot, as second, second, decide that tomorrow I will launch something and I will. Uh, you know, that, that what you mentioned on my website said, said it all. Second Second has failed. Second Second failed to build his own product. And that's why I'm so satirical, ironical, and a bit envious. And that's, I'm a little bad guy, you know, the frustrated little bad guy that is playing with others. That's why I'm right now. Second Second should stick to that, I guess. I love the analysis. I love the self-reflection and, and, and you confirm that you literally are the Larry David of the watch industry. So I beg you, please do start making watches. Um, and, and, and the segue for that opinion is that you know that both Rob and I are great friends of George Bamford. He's been on the show. Um, and I am going to ask you the same question we asked him, which was basically maybe the, 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 the core of it all. Um, and you guys teamed up because he he is or was the king of collabs sure. and 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 pun intended and i hope you're listening george romarek stole the crown from you but you guys are both not envious so you teamed up and you made cool collabs as well and he also made watch his own watch brand which are amazing and i've owned and own a few um the question i asked him romarek when is it an overkill in the quantity of collabs you do? Do you feel that you are saturated in what you do? Or are there too many? Second, second, or when is too many? That's a good question to ask. That's a tough question to answer. Uh, but that's a question I'm asking myself every day. Um, I like to be scared. I like to be vigilant. In this business, in this industry, we are all like, Come on, another collab, another collab. I'm not talking only about me here, but we are all like discussing the pot- the possible the possibility of a collab fatigue. But then I don't know because when a collab is bringing something to the table, we're like, okay, okay, so another one. This one is relevant, and ah, yes, there is another one relevant here. So I don't know if it will happen. Um, guess sometimes collabs may be a little bit more lazy. That's maybe why sometimes we consider that the, this collab trend may end one day. For, for myself, I'm, um, the, the, the way I'm answering the, this fear that I have is that try to bring something that you have not done before. So, that's difficult because uh, I'm known for playing with ends. So I sometimes I need to stick to that, to, to bring that DNA. And we could say, okay, we got it. You just change one end. Okay, that, that's clear. Okay, okay. But maybe if I'm not really changing my style, 
I may change the way I'm marketing it. I may change the story, the way I storytelling the, the thing. Let's take this, the example of uh, the collab I'm launching tomorrow. For me, or for, for an outside, for someone outside of my, so, so, for, um, for, so for someone in my audience, you could say, okay, okay, again, that's just another hand on a vintage watch. Okay. But for me, that's new. What's going to happen tomorrow? That's new because I have been collaborating with uh, Gray and Patina. Those people are based in uh, US uh, West side and uh, they are vintage watch dealers. I have not done any collab with a vintage watch dealer. And that's, that's, that's a new concept. I've been working on vintage by myself. I've been collaborating with modern watch brands. But now what, what could I do with a vintage watch dealer? So we'll see, you will, you will see that. And that's, uh, that's another story for me. So I'm not get, I'm not boring myself. So I presume, I assume that it will not bore my audience. But yes, I need to be extremely vigilant. I need to be cautious. And right so far, the, the key is that, Romaric, are you boring yourself? And if the answer is not, it, I, I assume that it will not bore my audience. I think that's a really good, healthy way to look at it and certainly one that promises a long-term project rather than just short-term flashes in the pan. The fact that you can keep reinventing not what you do, but how you do it and with whom you pursue these collaborations. Mm-hmm. And w- we'll talk more about uh, the collaboration that you recently released, of course, because we are recording this episode on February 22nd, one day before the mm-hmm. anticipated drop with Graham Patina. Mm-hmm. You and I tried to, and maybe you still are trying to work with Bulgari on mm-hmm. a project when I was at Fratello, and that was something else again that you and I had to discuss for mm-hmm. for weeks to try and figure out a different angle to appeal mm-hmm. to the brand and it was fascinating just to get a glimpse of your creative process and the way that you can reinvent your story and your angle of attack to make it fit whomever it is you're approaching what I'm interested in having sort of been part of that process with you on one occasion just one occasion just seen behind the curtain what's it like when you approach brands now, do you still get a lot of pushback with your concepts? Because you said right at the top of the show, you tend to go there with your idea and that's kind of, that's it. You know, it's signed, sealed, delivered. If you want it, take it. If not, I'm not going to play your rules. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm my own man. I do it my way. I guess in the early days, that was more difficult than it is now. But what's it like now? Just, just give us a bit of a, a feeling for what it's like for you in that situation. It's really diverse because, you know, there is a big diversity in brands. You, you have these big brands belonging to groups and, uh, and you've got those little agile micro brands. And you can imagine that the, the way I'm communicating with those two type of brands is really different. And, um, um, it really depends. Sometimes brands are coming to me. So they know and they already are in line with what I'm doing, the way I'm teasing, the way I'm marketing the, 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 the projects. So it's super easy. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit like, okay, you are coming to me. Just, just know that I'm not gonna go your way. 
I'm gonna be satirical, ironical, so you may not like the first, second, or third ideas I will propose to you. And uh, and sometimes it works, sometimes it, it doesn't, but that it, it happens. And with with bigger by bigger brands, I mean brands that are more uh, a little bit more uh, less agile because they are bigger and they have to. It's not only one person you have to convince, but it's uh, like a panel of person you have to convince. And it's 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 obviously it's more complicated, but uh, it's super challenging and super exciting as well. So um, really depends, really depends. Sometimes uh, that's me. I have an idea and I try to push it, push it, push it. Sometimes the brands are coming to me. That's really different. It's a fascinating insight to the inner workings of the watch industry for our listeners, I'm sure, because every single project that you announce looks not similar in, in the nature of the project, but it looks polished and it looks well presented and it looks as if it were produced in a formulaic way, shall we say. It looks like, oh, that's a second-second collaboration with fill-in-the-blank whatever brand it is. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it makes perfect sense from the outside and that there's a really smooth plan and a well-followed route to that conclusion. But we see now that some projects begin when you approach a brand some begin mm -hmm. when a brand approaches you sometimes mm -hmm. it could be a chance meeting i guess at a watch fair where you have a mm -hmm. chat and say oh let's do this or it could be a an alignment of brands that makes sense or alignment of personalities behind the scene and it's mm -hmm. all a bit beautifully chaotic i guess like the creative process and talking of that creative process in my opinion you have the finest instagram channel in existence now it's not normally my way to blow smoke up our guests behind but i will say this for you i do think it is absolutely top draw it's really if i were to follow one instagram account it would be yours because i'm just mesmerized by the artwork the, the almost daily artwork how long do you spend on each of those posts thank you uh, rob i really appreciate the the compliment it's uh, it really depends i told you before that i'm really not good for example you know i i i barely know how to work on uh, photoshop i barely know how to work on illustrator so my my way to dodge those inabilities of me it's that i'm i'm working like real objects real papers and i take a picture of it so instead of me of working digitally i try to to create my setups with real things with real little objects with and then i take the picture and it really depends the, the concept and the idea, it can take like two, three hours to make one post and sometimes it takes 10 minutes. So it really depends. And, um, but it's all about creativity. It's sometimes it kicks the, the creativity kicks in, uh, during the morning or, uh, or just before going to sleep and stuff like that. And, uh, it's, I'm really doing it like without expectations. And that's something I, that's, I just need to do it. Sometimes it's complicated with my family life because my wife just, I disappear. I just, because I want to do something and, and we are on a Saturday morning and I, and I, and I disappear for one hour because I have to. And there is no point of doing it. There is a, it's it's just reacting to, for example, it's reacting for, uh, 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 to a news or I don't know. That's something I have to do. 
and I'm put, I'm posting that without expectation. And I think it's, that's the healthiest way of posting things. It, I'm not like, Oh, I should post that because maybe it will tease. So I like to post things without expectations. Then sometimes there is expectation. For example, I'm teasing, uh, since a few days, I'm teasing the collab that will, uh, be launched, uh, on the 23rd. And, uh, yes, that's, that's something more calibrated. That's something that I, I, I was like, I have to tease. So it's, there is a, there is a kind, some sort of expectation here, but I, I don't want to do that all the time. Sometimes I really want to post things that are just crossing my mind and I, I need to express. So again, that's a way to express myself. And uh, that's why I really like it. You very clearly alluded to the difficulties sometimes of being a creative individual and having a normal human relationship, you know, suddenly disappearing Mm -hmm. on a Saturday morning to follow um, a creative whim is perfectly understandable to you and to people whose brains work in the same way as yours or similar at least. But to others, it can be quite maddening. Do you think Honestly, and I mean this like I'm sure you think about it a lot. I know I do uh, personally as well. Do you think you're easy to work with? Um, I I don't think so. I'm not. Uh, I think sometimes people don't understand. Some people I'm working with don't really understand that everything is important for me. For the the small sometimes small details that really are small details that 90% of population would not care about, it becomes super important for me. And um, and it's really hard to explain that because the rational is, is in favor of those 90% of people. Those details are not important. They are, it's, it's stupid to allocate time and energy on those details. It's not... Um, the, the you know the the uh, the return is not there, so that's stupid. But then that's how I work. So I I have to explain my stupidity, and sometimes you have difficulty to explain how stupid you are. It's like yeah yeah I want to spend three hours on that because I will I would feel better, and that's you look stupid explaining how stupid you are. So you don't say. And when you don't say, when you don't explain, when you don't tell, you keep the frustration for you. And, 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 and then at some point it's like, Oh, but you don't understand myself. Blah, 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 blah. And you end up looking like a diva, but, you, but I'm not a diva and I cannot be obviously, I mean, I cannot play the diva, but it, it's, it may look like that uh, from the outside because it's just, uh, how do you say, uh, in French, um, Perfect, you know, perfectionism. I don't know how do you say that in English, but you allocate time and energy. And, and because I've been doing that for five years now, I think subconsciously I'm, I'm like, it's because I'm looking at details that my project is working. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's my secret sauce. So I don't want people to, to, to tell me that I should not care about those details. But if you look at those details separately, that's for sure they are not they are not relevant. They they, they are they are not. Uh, they, there is no return, and that's stupid. But so, I think I kind of I think I give I, I answer your questions. It, you I may look weird sometimes from the outside. 
I think anybody that tells you to not care about those details is not somebody that could ever do what you do. I think that that is what makes you who you are. And those little details, even the ones that are unseen sometimes, you know, just the way that a hand would fit to a pivot, you know, those things are important and the way a hand is made or who makes it or what Pantone of ink to use or what type of ink or all these little tiny things. The guy that's controlling the bottom line in a company will never understand those things and he'll always try and get you to change. But you obviously have a great sense of self and a great self-belief and a belief in your vision, all of your visions. Of course, there are many. And uh, that's a wonderful thing to see. So I would say never ever, and I don't think you need me to tell you this, obviously, but never ever lose it. I mean, it's something that we all appreciate seeing and uh, sticking to your guns in the face of some pretty powerful companies there and getting them to do exactly what you want them to do is uh, always thrilling for us on the consumer and analytical side of the industry. Talking of details and focusing in specifically on what it is that you have done for the most part of your career thus far, and that's working with hands, could you describe to our listeners the hand-making process and the difficulties you've met when it comes to finding people who can do what you want and also doing it in the small quantities that you often require? Hmm. That's, you know, that's today it's still a, a nightmare for me. That's crazy. I have difficulties to, to find, um, the, the, to find suppliers that are able to, and that, that want to work with me. Uh, you said it all, Rob. Uh, it's, uh, it's really a problem of quantity because I'm working small batches only. Um, that becomes a, a nightmare to find suppliers, uh, to, to make ends. It's like uh, you are hitting a, a plate of uh, of brass, basically, and then you have to revet the the tube, and then you have the painting or the pad printing. So basically, you've got those three steps. And uh, in France, there is like one workshop that can do the three steps. In Switzerland, there 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 are many more, but the prices are not the same. And I. I I mean, I, when I'm collaborating with brands, usually I let them in charge of manufacturing everything. I, I'm, I'm acting like a, a creative director and stuff like that. I don't put my hands in the manufacturing with I'm doing collapse. But when I'm doing my hands on for, for the vintage uh, watches, I have to take care of that. And I found and I'm, I've been working with that workshop in France, but because of my so small quantities, they are not willing to take care of the street of the, the three steps. They told me we are okay to do step one and step two, but you will have to find somewhere else to print those ends, to paint those ends. And I, and I'm still having difficulties to find people in France to do that. But I think I'm about to find a, a, an alternative, but it's difficult. Um, I, I'm sure there is, there are alternatives in, uh, in Asia and they are pretty good. And, uh, but that's right now I want to, I, I think, I don't know why, but I would like to focus on the, on the, you know, this, uh, idea of, having my ideas here in France and try to, to work with people I'm shaking hands with and I'm talking with frequently and uh, I'm not ready to find suppliers too far away from me. But I'm sure they're good. Huh? But right now I'm, I want to stick to, to, to France because 
I like, I don't know, I like the, the uh, French narrative of my, of my work. I mean, there's plenty more meat on the bone, as we say. There's uh, a lot of collabs that have been and gone and plenty more to come. But in the future, who knows what you could do with the brands around you? I mean, you haven't even done a real-time show special yet, so we have to keep you around in Europe until we get that one out of the way. Um, <laughs> every time. I can't help myself. Um, so we spoke about how many collaborations you've done already, but how many do you have lined up for 2023? Cause we're pretty much at the start of a year now. And I think the first release of the calendar year is about to come tomorrow. And listeners to the show will already have heard the Graham Patina release, uh, hit the internet and probably break it, uh, to some degree. How many more can we expect in 2023? If you can say right now, it's difficult to tell you because some, some of them are depending the, on the manufacturing delay and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe they will happen in uh, this year or maybe the next, but I would say expect a rhythm of one collab per month for this year. Is that sustainable for you? I mean, can you manage that? Like how much effort does it take you at this point now when you're, I guess each project is different again, because if it's yes. one that you're doing on your own, like with yeah. a vintage watch, then there's a yes. hell of a lot more effort than if you're operating as a creative director for a brand. But is it a comfortable schedule for you or could you handle more? I can handle that rhythm. I'm not sure I could handle uh, more because when you're making a collab, it's, it's a, it's, you have to find a concept that works first for me. And then you have to express that concept to the audience. So what is going to be the medium? Are you going to, I have to think about uh, the teasing or about the storytelling or about the, are we shooting a little video? Are we shooting? It's, it's, um, it's the external, it's the outside work that, takes time to think about and to implement and to execute. So I think that one collab per month, it's, it's a good rhythm for myself and for the audience as well to not all the time be, I, I, I need some time between two collabs because I want to post stuff that are irrelevant. I want to post some stuff that are, that, that don't, that don't have commercial purpose that don't don't i want to post stuff that are not supposed to be converted in anything so i think i can handle that kind of what a refreshing thing to hear a brand that wants to have time for irrelevance that's just a beautiful a beautiful thing to consider you know nearly everything <laughs> in the industry you know it's true though isn't it because it's also pointed towards commercialism selling something getting some roi blah 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 but you know your brand is more than just the products it produces it is a feeling and it is a cultural thing and a movement within the industry that i think a lot of people have grown to really cherish you know the word disruption is used frequently by yeah. brands that don't have anything to sell. Uh, they are just trying to sell you a story, normally a, a complete bag of lies. But I would say for one of the only times in my career, I'm comfortable applying it to what you do. You do disrupt the industry, the established order. You have this swagger that comes across in the products because of your adherence to your design codes and your beliefs and not bowing to the brand, which is, 
in contrast to many of the collaborations that do exist, because most of the time, let's take the examples of when I've worked with brands directly, I've always preached to my design team, we must respect the DNA of the brand. Mm -hmm. A special edition should look like it could be part of the normal collection and people will wish that it was, but it isn't. That's my goal when I go into a brand mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm going to design a watch for you. I'm going to make you something that looks cool. Now, you kind of do not the opposite because it's so special. Obviously, it couldn't be part of the regular collection, but you have the opposite ethos. And it's so valuable for us to see what that looks like in execution. Now, tell us a little bit. No, tell us a lot, actually, about this release with Gray and Patina. What is it? What have people been looking at for the last few days on the internet why did you do it and anything else you want to throw in there with this collab it was the it was the story of people meeting i i or meeting through instagram but still it's meeting so i met uh, curtis from grand patina through instagram and we had a we had good time chatting and stuff and uh i, I loved the the stories they were building around the vintage watches and i you know the the their showroom the their passions uh, around watches and um so we were chatting and stuff like that and uh, i could feel that they were multi passionate people it's not only watches it's but you know it's usually it's that it's they, they are crazy about uh, cameras as well they are crazy about surf they are crazy about uh, bicycles and stuff like that so and i'm not like that i'm a little bit more unidimensional i'm a little bit like obsessed with watches and i don't have that many other passions but they do And I was impressed and we talked and, and they were telling me, ah, oh, we are impressed with what you do. So it was like we are sending compliments to each other and stuff like that. And at some point I could understand, I could understand that they were really into the streets and street culture and the sneakers culture. And uh, I was like, oh, but I've got an idea uh, with sneakers. I'm not personally a sneaker head, but. I, I always wanted to play on the Air King, you know, the Air King. And I want to reverse that name and it would, it would go King of Air. And instead of talking about the sky and pilots and, uh, and the jets, I was like, uh, for me, the King of Air, it's, it's a famous, uh, basketball player. He, I, I won't say his name, but uh, everybody know who I'm talking about. And I, I wanted to play with, 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 this word air king and to 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 change it to swap it and then the sneaker culture came in and so you can imagine that uh, air king king of air a famous basketball player with with famous sneakers and i and i and i had this idea and i didn't not really know how to i could i could drop it by myself but i was like let that, that could be fun to collab with a vintage watch dealers i'm supplying the hands they are they, they could sell the hands but if you ask them i guess they, they could supply the 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 what the vintage watch the vintage air king as well so it 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 looked interesting to me to cross our audience to work with people that are that are impressive uh, i'm impressed by them by the, the their capacity to to be passionate with several domains 
and um, and it would be for me a, a first to to do that. So I was quite um, excited and um, and um, and I'm excited to to drop it. Romaric and I'm super excited as well because uh, most of the listeners know that I'm a huge fan of sneakers and the the cornerstone of my collection are actually AJ ones and you didn't mm-hmm. want to mention the name mm-hmm. but that's why you're my bro and I'm saying this sarcastically um <laughs> street culture style cuz I hands down still think that MJ Michael Jordan is the goat GOAT the best of the best although I have a lot of respect for LeBron James he won the record or he captured the record mm-hmm. of the highest score ever 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 and he's long not done and he has a new uh, dot on the horizon because he wants his son to join him mm-hmm. in the NBA uh, preferably at the Lakers so so he's not done and I think he'll manage to stay until his son actually gets drafted in the NBA but I saw your pictures I still don't know what the watch is looking like at this moment while we're recording this podcast but Please, 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 Romaric, I need one. I don't know what you're producing. And when <laughs> I saw your first post on Instagram, like Rob, it's it's entertainment for me in a positive sense, in an artistic way. I love your uh, uh, creations of art, not just the watches, but everything you do around it, the 360. I saw basketball and then I said, I, I commented it to you and that's how we started chatting also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, is the next one MJ? And you only sent me an emoji with a smiley face. So <laughs> you still didn't answer my question. So today I posted my Nevada Grenching collab that you guys did with our friends at Time and Tide Down Under. And I put on purpose my piece of art on my office wall, which is a drawing of the, uh, the, the, the first ever AJ ones. So the Air Jordan ones. Um, so I'm actually super excited. What time will it be dropping? It's maybe not that relevant right now for the show, but how do I obtain one? It's going to drop on um, Thursday, 4 p.m. West side, uh, Pacific time. So I, I think it, it uh, translates in uh, 1 a.m. on Friday for central, uh, uh, European central time. That's the 24th, right? Fe- February 24th. Yes, 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 yes. And um, there is no that many pieces done, but you, you can imagine that we limited the number to 23 pieces. Wink, wink. Grand Patina are the people uh, uh, distributing, uh, uh, retailing the thing. So uh, I, I'm not in charge of that, but uh, we will discuss. We will discuss that. Okay, so this is a, we're, we're doing a bit of Back to the Future styled podcast recording now. So while we're recording this, I have no idea what the watch is. But when this airs, the watch is out. If I obtained one, guys, then we'll maybe do a product review or not. That's something I need to discuss with Rob. Now, since this episode will air after its launch, Romar, would you mind telling us what it is? So you've got a Air Jordan um, sneaker pixelized, has a hard hand. And um, it's it's it, I mean the the contrast is like crazy because it's it's a massive hour hand, uh, and the pixelized look really uh, contrasts super well with the the, the vintage uh, Hair King dial, and obviously you don't have to talk that much because it's so close from you, when you see the hand and when you see the Hair King, I mean the story is done. You don't have to talk and and the connection that. Uh, Really, I like it because I brought this swatch 
from the sky. Basically, I mean, Air King, it's all about sky and are bringing back to the, bringing back to the dust and to, to earth and t- talking about sneakers that you put your feet in. So I really, for me, it's like, I'm bringing back the thing from the sky to the hearse, but then it's still light because the it's it's almost flying because you know that her MG was almost flying, right? Not almost. He literally flew. But listen, Romaric, you killed me now. One of the my favorite Rolexes ever, vintage and new, are the Air Kings. I actually own modern Air Kings as well. The one without the zero on the five and one with the zero on the five. Um, you killed me. So for our listeners... Romark is referring to the Rolex Air King. It's 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 a match made in heaven. And um, I'm saying this maybe sarcastic, but I kind of mean it. Romark, if I don't get one, I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> I see you. If I'll see you in Geneva at Watches and Wonders, I'm going to ignore you. Um, <laughs> this is a serious situation because um, this probably couldn't be any better for Alon. So just for our listeners, this is the first we've heard of it as well. So it's the 22nd of February, we're recording. We've been following Romaric's teaser posts. We've been guessing. We both figured it was something to do with Jordan because we're both basketball fans and fans of Jordan's as well, but we didn't know specifically what it was. And now to hear this for us, you know, this is our live reaction. I'm pretty concerned about Alan's mental health in the, wait, in the near wait. future. Rob, I'm <laughs> going to make it I'm going to make it worse. Now I'm I'm oh, and no. I'm I'm amping up the stakes. So Oh, Romaric, no. don't I've threaten been, anyone, okay? Don't well, threaten anybody. You, no, no, wait, wait. I'm going to take it very <laughs> serious now. So Rob always makes fun of me that I'm a fanboy of a lot of watchmakers and watch brands and blah, blah, blah. And he called me a little fanboy of Romaric, which is truth. Hashtag truth. I'm a fanboy. <laughs> did I call you a little fanboy? I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. You did. Oh, that's okay. It's okay. Listen, you know what? I, I wear that tag with pride. Now I am. Yeah, I probably meant it. I am. And for the record, we can say it on air. I've been stalking Romaric on LinkedIn. He didn't accept my invitation. The first thing I said when we got backstage, I said, Romaric, why didn't you accept my LinkedIn invitation? So he said, I'm not active on LinkedIn. But for the record, I've been stalking him to do a collab with him. So if I don't obtain a Air Jordan 1 Air King, and this proves how much of a watch collector I am, I will let go of commercial interest of pursuing and persuading him to do a collab with me for commercial reasons. And then if I don't get that watch, I I, I will never talk to Romaric again. It's been said on air. Mic drop. Uh, <laughs> I went I went to this podcast uh, with a pacific intention. So please uh, be nice with me. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. No, but amazing. Again, I haven't seen it. Amazing. It You make everything relevant. Now, um, since I want one, a question for you, Romaric. I, I, with the vintage pieces, I can imagine you don't keep one for yourself. Every collab that I create with Ace Jewelers or whatever, I always keep one for my private collection. Uh, do you keep one or what does your collection consist of, if I may ask? About the collabs I'm making, I cannot always keep one piece. Um, the that's that's a, That's interesting. I'm not a collector. But in, I'm not talking only about watches, but in my life, I, you know, I'm, I'm throwing th- things away. I don't keep the drawing of my kids. I don't, I don't keep things. I'm really the, the, the one looking to the future and I, I'm, I don't have really nostalgia or things. So I think it's part of the answer is that I don't keep 
one pieces of every collab I do. And sometimes I'm, I'm considering, I'm, I'm, am I stupid? I should, because I would, I, I could be proud of uh, to show that later to some people saying, look at all of those uh, collaboration I've, I've done, but that's the way I am. So I do have some pieces uh, that are labeled prototypes. But usually when you've got small batch, uh, small uh, limited edition and stuff like that, I don't, I don't ask for a piece. It, uh, that's, that's the way. Um, that's the same with um, the hands I'm selling directly uh, for vintage watches. I, if I say there is 20 pieces, there, there is, there are 20 pieces, and uh, if they sold out, um, I, they don't, they, there is no more. All I've got the possibility maybe to redo one or two, or maybe I, I, I could be able, but that's not the plan. So for me, the the thing is that I do keep keep picture of you know my Instagram basically is my trophy room. It's I'm like okay everything will be there anyway. So there there are pictures and that's enough. I'm not that much of a collector. I don't really I I, I some I don't I like to feel things and I like to touch watches and stuff like that. But after that, I I can sell them and I they are still in my head somewhere and the 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 feeling I add are still in my head. That's very interesting, actually, Romark. So a question I've been meaning to ask you actually for some years: Do you consider yourself an artist? Mm, no. Um, then, f- for media purpose, I would say, you know, when you are interviewed or w- when people are writing stuff about you, at the end of the day, they, if they label you an artist and you are systematic, if I am and I am systematically saying, no, I don't know, I don't think I deserve that, uh, at the end of the day, they say, come on, we, it's, you're going to be an artist. Uh, it's, it's easier to, to put you this label on the face and sh- shut up. You know, the, that, that's the, you are creative. You are making products in collaboration with one. You are an artist. That's it. So sometimes I have to accept this label because we don't have time to go deeper and stuff like that. But artist for me, it's a big word because, um, you either, need to masterize a craft and i don't i don't i'm not good drawer i don't paint and i don't really have a, a craft with my hands so that, that's the first part of the answer and then artists for me it has to be like really disruptive it, it, you have to bring something to the world that nobody has brought before you am i bring, bringing something new i don't think so um um, Gérald Janta was making uh, Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse hands on uh, watches uh, 50 years ago. So, it's, you know, th- there is many boxes to tick, in my opinion, before you can label yourself as an artist. So to answer, I let people call me that. I sometimes take the time to disagree and to say, no, no, you go too far. But sometimes I just say, okay, 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 that's cool. And uh, I have to be, um, you know, I reconnaissance. Uh, I, I, I say thank you when, if you consider me as an artist, I'm going to say thank you. I'm not going to say you're, you are blind, but you know what I mean. I understand what you mean, and you're very humble, and you keep on uh, proving this. Um, I opened up the Merriam-Webster dictionary digitally, and artist is a a person who creates art, con- uh, using 
conscious skill and creative imagination, B, a person skilled in any of the arts, or a skilled performer, or a person who's very good at something. So hereby, officially on the record, you are an artist. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I don't want to ask an artist to choose between any of their creations. I guess a lot of these projects might feel like your children looking back on them now, given the amount mm-hmm. of time and passion you've poured into them. But I am curious to know, if not your very favorite, what are, say, your top three or four? Rob, I really, it's not trying to play with you. I cannot. Um, like I said before, <laughs> I'm really for, I'm really on the future. I'm, th- I'm thinking of, about what's gonna happen. I'm looking at, I'm excited by the things that's gonna happen because for me, they are pushing my personal boundaries. They are bringing, uh, a new layer to my work. So I'm really proud of what I've done. But all of that are steps. So you, you could, you should, okay, I've got the picture. It's a stairs. You cannot say, Oh, I prefer uh, the step three of the stairs. They are all part of the, the, the journey. So even when the collab or when the project is small, I'm proud of it. And I really like it because it's one, one step more to my stair. That's a, that's a nice way of putting it. But every so often you have to take an elevator. You know, there are no stairs. Some some brands, some collabs, some projects, they they push you forward in a way that a single step normally can't. And yeah, I know what you mean. Every single step you've taken is equally important in itself mm-hmm. to the whole. But is there something, is there one project that really blew you away at the time? Maybe not because of the, the actual project itself. Maybe not because of like, oh, that's my favorite hand that I've ever done. Oh, I absolutely love that one. Or I think that the combination of that and that watch and that brand is amazing. But was there a moment where you stopped and thought, holy crap, I'm about to make it. I'm about to do it. I, I, th- I think uh, I have an answer for you. Um, obviously, when the brand is big well known it's it's it brings some some sort of satisfaction like okay i'm i'm talking with a big brand that even my you know for example my family is not really into watches and uh, when i'm working with micro brands they don't know the the brands they don't they don't know and when you are talking with bigger brands you've got some satisfaction because you can r- go back to your family saying yeah yeah i'm talking with this brand ah i know this brand so you've got this social satisfaction but that's not really for me what makes the things uh, exceptional so i would go back to my first collaboration that was with uh, Masena Lab the the little uh, watch lab uh, uh, created by William Masena because he made m- me realize that the collab thing could be a thing for me i didn't know i didn't think that brands would come to me and he coming to me uh, in it was uh, december uh, no the, the collab launched december 21? Yes, I think like that. I, I get confused. Uh, t- uh, 2021, yes, it was in December 2021 or 2020. I don't, I don't remember. So he made me realize, okay, maybe my stuff is not only playing on vintage watches. Maybe I can leverage a little bit what I'm doing on modern uh, and, uh, yes, on modern uh, watches. And that was a turning point for me. 
that, that yes that so i was like okay that's a new that's a that's something that makes the old things really way more relevant now to my big regret we're slowly running out of time and we know you need to go i have one final question for you from me what brand is your grill brand not watch that you haven't done a collab with and you really 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 dream of doing a collab with you outside the watch world you can choose or maybe do both please I, you know i'm really attracted to brands that are for example uh, outside of the I, i would answer outside of the watch world and uh, i don't know how it could uh, materialize but i would love to work with everyday brand for example you go Stedler, you know the pencil brand or you go Fiskar the scissors brand you know this kind of everyday life really um um how do you, uh, understated brands they are really they are they are brands because everybody know their products everybody use their products but it's not a brand that is showing off they are sh they are showing off by uh, because they are like in every household and i would i would dream to work with those uh, not so fancy but really respected uh, daily in our daily life uh, brands that I, i again i don't have any idea but that w would be really my kind my kind of thing you know it's really out of the scope it's 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 quite it's a little bit what the fuck you know and that's that's why i like this idea What an awesome answer. Well, thanks for that, man. I really appreciate that and your time over the last hour. Alon and I have been like kids in a sweet shop, to be honest. And I think this has been one of our most uh, fizzing interviews, would you say, Alon? Definitely. I really enjoyed it. And, and again, I'm dead serious. No Air King Air Jordan for me. No <laughs> friendship anymore. Okay. Uh, Alan, you should, you should watch your uh, DM right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Look your DM on Insta. I am looking right now, right now, right now, right now. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh. Okay, okay. I did not <laughs> want to hear that online. Okay, everybody, this is recorded on February 22nd, the launch of the Air King, King of Air with uh, Graham Patina and Second Second will already have launched by the time you listen to this. Hopefully you will have been able to secure one if you, like Alon, are already in love. If not, then keep your eyes peeled on whatever Ramarit comes up with next because I'm sure it will be absolutely thrilling. And as he said, there will be plenty more collaborations to come this year. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so via Instagram. You can find me there at Rob Nudds. That's R-O-B-N-U-D-D-S. You can find Alon there at A-L-O-N-B-E-N-J-O-S-E-P-H. Or alternatively, you can get in touch with us via email with your questions. I'm findable at rob at therealtime.show and you can contact Alon at alon at therealtime.show. We'll be back next week with another Q&A session and another interview with one of Watchmaking's finest. Until then, stay safe and keep on ticking. <laughs> <laughs>